Iowa everywhere. This is Iowa Everywhere. And now, it's time for Two Guys Named Chris. Powered by Fairway Meat and Grocery. This is Iowa Everywhere. For the fans. You know what I feel like today? I feel like some bacon. Big oh, yeah? Bacon, just throw it on the... You know, just throw it on the uh, skillet and just let it go. See, I, the with my house. bacon... I've got to have I got to have it extra crispy. Oh, what you don't you, What are you, you a communist? You can't be flopping around with the, you know, the the uncooked bacon. I won't eat it. In fact, if I go to a restaurant, you know, and I get bacon on something, I have to say extra crispy because restaurants do not like to cook it very long. Are you a communist? I mean, we, this isn't a pol- politics show, but I feel like I have You to you ask. you like your bacon floppy? You know the, like a lot the of floppy bacon lasts longer, right? What do you mean it lasts longer? Well, it stays fresh. I mean, it, crispy bacon, right? Yeah. Can, can't. I mean, that just goes hard and stale. Yeah. Well, right? Hassel you, likes it what, hard. But yeah. you eat it. You eat it right away. What are you saving it for? You, you having leftover bacon? Oh, it's actually really good. You can put it in like soups, um, sandwiches. I'm sure the crispy bacon would be just fine in a soup. In fact, I want my bacon in a soup crispy and not all just... Uh, just floppy and moist. Well, regardless, if you if if we've made you hungry for bacon, you should go over to Fairway Meat and Grocery. Boom! <laughs> Get a well, little uh, bi-week ju- bacon cyclone. Did you just roll out of bed? You look extra tired this morning. Um, no, I didn't just roll out of bed. I've actually showered, uh, believe it or not. But it's just these kids in the morning. Has like I can't even begin to explain to you the marathon that my day is before eight thirty, and then it just kind of all just like levels out when I get to go to work. It's There's just a marathon these... before eight thirty. Oh Jeez. God, getting these kids ready, getting them fed, getting them dropped off. The three year old is my three year old. She legitimately has separation anxiety from me. She wants me all the time, and I can't say that I that's, blame. That's her. kind of a humble brag. Um, no, there's nothing humble about it. Um, it's a brag. Uh, anyways, she, it's just an experience to get these kids dropped off because it's one on two, you know, you're in a zone defense. My wife was here to help today. So that, that are you and your help. wife ever together? When she, we always work opposite hours. Like it's just crazy. Jeez. Like, yeah. She works. My wife works like 15 hour days on the days that she works. So she's, but yeah, but like then the day, but she doesn't work as many days. Does that make sense? She's uh-huh, worked sure, really sure. long days when she works. But anyways, uh, this is two guys named Chris. Welcome to the program. Hey, we before we get into the show, way. Van Wink, did you uh, did you get that tweet that I asked you to find from Williams? All right, so we got to address this this tweet, Williams, from from Tuesday, yeah. where you say, "I'm looking to interview an Iowa ghost hunter or two yep. for the Chris Williams pod in the next mm-hmm. few weeks. Do you guys have any recommendations? Got some good ones, too. Well, Got some really good recommendations. <laughs> Why are you so obsessed with ghosts? Don't you find yourself um, you know, wanting to tickle that intellectual side of your brain? Why, you think I- ghost hunting is, is the intellectual side? Yeah, I think there's a strong part of it, yeah. 
Do you not believe? The, are you not a believer? Side. Are you not a believer? I don't. I'm not going to go as far as I don't believe any supernatural thing because as soon as I say that, like a ghost is going to show up in my in my house tonight and haunt me. So you do but believe? Here's what I, I always loved: what Eric Murphy said about it. Oh because you, you, we were out at Cooney's one night, and Eric Murphy, who used to work at Channel Five, you were telling some story about you're like, yeah, I was at my. Uh, <laughs> grandpa's house in Shenandoah and I look up and all the all the toy cars that he had on the wall just started falling off the wall (laughs) it was horrible if that doesn't if that doesn't tell you ghosts are real then what does and Eric goes all right Williams if ghosts were real and they were really trying to screw with you why are they going, ooh, let's go knock some cars off the wall at Grandpa's house and not come up to you and just kick you in the nuts? Like, if if I'm a ghost, I'm kicking somebody in the nuts. And then they're like, oh, my God, what just so, happened? It's funny because I actually went investigating at the Ferrar schoolhouse a couple weeks ago. That was like a month ago. <laughs> of course you And did. I did some research on this place. And... So there's supposedly like, you know, a handful of ghosts that haunt this place. And one of the ghosts is the old janitor from the schoolhouse and he's a pervert. So like what? if you're a if you're an Did attractive he grab your ass? If not not my ass, but if you're an attractive like female, like your breasts will get stroked by this ghost when you go in. There. <laughs> no. Seriously. No. There's all sorts of claims. Your breasts will get stroked. <laughs> I've never heard anybody. Well, you've never been to the Brett, Ferrar schoolhouse. I mean, I've heard of the breast stroke, like in swimming. <laughs> I've never heard of the ghost I'm, breast stroke. I'm fascinated by the paranormal. Like, I here's my thing. Do I like? You're know fascinated for... by everything. Yeah. Like, there's I'm not a, a very... single thing where you're like, you know what? I'm not really interested in that. NASCAR, dirt oh. track racing, ghosts. I don't Iowa understand. State football. What you, what are you lumping Iowa State football into that group for? <laughs> we got a bye week, man. I'm I'm excited. We get to talk about Iowa being a thirty point underdog today. Like this is a great week. Just can Iowa back. get a couple of your ghosts to play to help them play offense? And you don't think it'll Ohio be State? interesting to hear me interview a couple of paranormal investigators for the on the spirit of Halloween? I mean, are you going to make fun of them? Like you're going to no. Why would I do that? Because they think that they're chasing. I mean, I, I clearly we don't see eye to eye on this thing. Would you go and Would you go and stay in the Velisca Axe Murder House with me? With you? Yeah. Yeah. Stay overnight. Sure. Can you do that? Do they allow that? Oh yeah, I got I got the guy's number. Velisca so he just Johnny. lets people come in and spend the night there. Well, you got to pay, but they'll let us. So it'll be free promotion. It was about, what, 100 years ago, and some guy used an axe and killed, like, eight people that were staying at this house? Yeah, killed, like, this whole family with an axe. It was a brutal so, deal. It was I, uh, I have... My my uh, brother-in-law lives in, uh, in the Creston area, and we have a couple young nieces, and they love ghost stories. Love ghost stories. And so I... I started to say something about the Velisca axe house and uh my my brother-in-law's wife my sister-in-law 
was not having it. She made me stop the story immediately. Oh, it's cool. Chris, there were were several kids that got killed that are my daughter's age. That wasn't the right ghost story to tell. Very horrific. Very horrific. There's some rando that was like living in the the attic. Well, no, no. They still don't know who it was. Yeah, but it was like some guy they thought, I've read about it. It was like some guy they thought was like stashed in the attic. And he came oh, down. Oh, that's where like him. he hid and then he came yeah. down. Okay. Yeah. He was a pervert too. What? Did all this like gross stuff to the kids after he killed them. Like, yeah, bad deal. Bad deal. Anyways, um we, <laughs> we go from the Velisca axe murders to Iowa. So Ohio let me State. ask you this. So that, so if that's <laughs> if that's a haunted house because of what happened there, is it Well So you're you're telling me it's the ghosts. Of the kids and yeah. the people that got murdered that, so, that are there, and but here's gonna... the here's the deal. I have pretty good in. I have a lot of inside information over there in Velisca, uh-huh. and the, the the so Johnny uh, Johnny Hauser, he's one of the great uh, paranormal investigators in the world. Really, of course, yeah. No, nobody's nobody beats Johnny. Dad used to do the fertilizer for the axe murder house. Who your dad? Yeah. So, the Johnny thinks that the some of the kid ghosts have moved over to his house because they're tired of all the riffraff in the axe murder house. So they've gone over and they like play with his kids and stuff. In a good way. Yeah, yeah, they're friends. Yeah. So the but there's no ghost of the axe murderer because he didn't get killed there, right? No, he's 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 gone. We don't know where he's at. No, it's like the family and stuff. Okay. The kids but that were are slaved. they friendly ghosts? Um, I don't know. It just depends. Are you nice to him? Because I want to go into one of these, and I want to be like really belligerent with these spirits. Really, you want to egg them on? I want to. I want action. Like if I'm going to spend the night in an axe murder house, like you and me are going to be like cussing at him. We're going to (laughs) be, and I I want action. That's that's what I want. What was is it? Was that a hundred years ago? I want one of these ghosts to stroke my chest. What? Jeez. You're gonna end up on on Andrew Downs on necessary censorship if you. <laughs> so we did this. Ross is a total dick about ghosts, yeah, like a total jerk. And I had some paranormal investigators come in. This is probably like five six years ago. We did a Halloween special, and I had to tell Ross the whole time. I kept texting him. I'm like, be nice, because Ross is just one. Like he he could not be less of a believer. And I'm just like, don't be a dick to these guys, Ross. Like, they, like, because they truly, 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 like, you know, they believe they're experiencing all. Like, it's it's crazy. But I, I, I just, I think it's fascinating. Like, here's my deal, Chris. There's no way all these people are liars. What is that music? It's the Monster Mash. Again? Oh God. What do you mean all these people are liars? They're the not liars. Not all of these people are. Some of them probably ghosts? are. Yeah. I'm sure some of these people are liars. They're not all crazy. Are we sure? Iowa is a 30 and a half point underdog. Is that what it's up to now? 30 and a half? I bet it last night. I bet Iowa last night finally. It's just too many points. Yeah, I just, I didn't bet a lot because you could see a game where Ohio State could run away, but. I mean, it, it, you're getting to a point with this Iowa defense where this is just stupid. And, I mean, these national 
um, public betters all they've probably never watched Iowa. They just know the jokes about their offense. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, I, last night I put like a unit and a half down on Circa on Iowa because it's just that's that's a lot. This game <laughs> a lot. was like we thought it would be a week ago, like in the low twenties, and like so I'm gonna. I'm gonna roll with. Yeah, the we guessed here. a week ago today. We I guessed 23 or so. Yeah. What? Um, so I mean, we we did have an eventful. Well, I, I guess it wasn't an eventful week with Iowa, but Kirk Ferentz was talking about practice again, man. Jesus talking about Christ. practice. Matty Van Winkle, production um, manager guru, has some uh, audio slash video of Kirk Ferentz talking about practice. How confident are you in QB, in the QB situation if Spencer couldn't go, if he's injured? Well, I mean, we've I've said it before publicly, and I still feel the same way. Alex has played and stepped in and did a good job, so I'm guessing he'll do that. He's practicing well. Uh, it's just that, you know, in our opinion, Spencer's practicing better right now, and um, you know, it's kind of where it's at. But I think we have two guys that, you know, have experience that we feel good about and uh, act like quarterbacks. And I'm not, I'm not suggesting the other guys don't. They're just younger right now. They're, they're further along in the development. That's good, though. I mean, you have your bye week, and it's great that the guys are practicing well. It's better than not practicing well. They're acting like quarterbacks. <laughs> not that Labus isn't acting like a quarterback. What was he acting? He must just. He must. They must. I mean, God. I think is at this point is he trolling? No. No, I, I'm. He has to know that everybody's sick and tired of hearing about practice, and that practice does not matter with this guy. Like, that's the last thing any Iowa fan wants to hear right now is Spencer Petrus is outperforming Padilla in practice. Who gives a shit? <laughs> Jesus Christ! At what point are we going to stop talking about practice and get game results? Well, the stats going into this one are are quite stark. I would venture to guess that (laughs) never in Iowa history, maybe even like Big Ten history, have you had a quarterback differential statistically as poorly as this one. Because you have the Heisman favorite, C.J. Stroud, and the worst quarterback in the entire country. For those listening on the podcast and you can't see the beautiful graphic that Matt Van Winkle put up for us, C.J. Stroud's quarterback rating is 207.6, which is insane. It's doubled up Spencer Petras. Yeah, all you need to know is that it's it's twice as much as Spencer Petras. The touchdown-interception ratio for Stroud is 24 to 3. <laughs> Petras is 2 for 2. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just so stark. Um, Stroud has thrown for just over 1,700 yards. Petras is at 920. And... Petrus has thrown more passes than Stroud this season, which is incredible. I mean, and that Stroud is... has twenty-four touchdowns to Petrus's two. That's that's wild. And we haven't even gotten into the rushing yards and all the sack yardage that Petrus, the statue, has given up. You seem a bit apathetic going into this one, Chris. I won't lie. It's really setting in. And and for this game in particular, I I just I I can't even think of an Iowa game where there has been more apathy over the last 
20 years. Now, maybe there was one like in the 2012, 2013 area when they were, they had a tough stretch. One year they won four games. But I I don't remember anything like this where I don't think there's a single Iowa fan that thinks that they even have a chance to win this game. And over the years, that is just, that's never been the case because Iowa has always been that team that can play with anybody because of their style of play. They're going to keep it close no matter what. Whether it's it's going to be close, whether it's Bowling Green or Ohio State. And, and this time, that's people don't think that's going to be the case. And people honestly seem very checked out going into this game. Like I have not seen since the first year or two of the Kirk Ferentz era. Would you buy that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it. just to put it in perspective, um, do you remember how big of an upset it was when Iowa State went and beat Oklahoma with Kyle Kempt? Mm-hmm. And they beat Baker Mayfield? Iowa was a bigger underdog than Iowa State was that day. Jeez. That's just some perspective to to put into this one for tomorrow. I was thinking and about yes, that. Ohio State is one of the best teams in the country. Maybe the best. But how many times have we seen Iowa, and usually it's at home, but how many times have we seen Iowa beat a top five team? A lot. Uh, yeah. And and this would be no different if this is at Kinnick Stadium. The line might be 21, 22, but I don't think fans would feel any differently. They would feel like they've got no chance in this game because you have a team that is going to be tough to keep under 30 against a team that cannot score offensively. The problem with Iowa when it comes to keeping this one close is in a lot of those games where they've pulled off those upsets, they've been able to run the ball, you know, and kill time and limit possessions and do all that. And just their offensive line's so bad. And maybe it's not like I, I was thinking about this. I uh, watching a bunch of the Iowa state games over the bye week. Right. And I mean, it's gotta be really hard to play offensive line for Iowa when the defense knows exactly what you're doing every time. I mean, mm-hmm. if they line up in a shotgun, you know they're throwing, right? Like, they're like it's su- they're such easy tells. It, That's always it, been the thing about Iowa, Chris, is that, that the opposing coaches would say, we know exactly what they're going to do, but yeah. that doesn't mean you can stop it. This year, it's, well, they're we not, know exactly what they're going to do, and we will stop it. They're not good enough up, line, uh, up front to bully everybody like they have been. Mm-hmm. In years past. And that's what makes this game just seem so insurmountable to me. Like, even if the defense does play well, like, what is playing well against this Ohio State offense? Holding to 30? 28? Like, what? honestly, what what would be a good outing by the defense? But the problem is, if you're going three and out every time, right? That's a lot like of possessions it, for Ohio State. Yeah. You're not able to just get a... Four-yard run here, four-yard run there, move the chains, and then punt at the 50. Like, Iowa, we, we've seen and, them do so much. And field position, I don't think, is going to matter that much. I mean, it's not going to be that much different for Ohio State to go 55 yards for a touchdown or 85 yards for a touchdown. It, it really doesn't matter because in one play, they'll get 40. And... I was talking with Brady Quinn about this. He's going to be there for the big noon kickoff for Fox. And really the only reason that they're that this is the big noon game is because Ohio State rates. Yeah. Ohio State, no matter who they're playing, they rate. They are one of the top two, maybe the number one rated team in the country 
outside of maybe Alabama and Ohio State are pretty close. But he was saying, and, and he said the same thing going into that uh, game against Michigan, is that sure, Iowa State's defense, or Iowa's defense looks good on paper, and they've got you know really good stats. But when they go up against athletes like this, they are not elite. No. And Ohio State's athletes, I'm sorry, Riley Moss is probably going to get beat. And that, that's a first-team AP All-American. But put him up against Ohio State's weapons in that offense and spreading you out, and oh, my God. What's crazy, too, about Ohio State is they've had injuries at wide receiver. They haven't really been full strength all year. And it doesn't matter. Yeah, and they're, yeah, they're just kind of getting rolling. They're, they'll still point. toy with you. And Stroud is the right now the runaway Heisman favorite. I mean, Hendon Hooker's trying to trying to make a case for himself, and maybe by the end of the season he will. But right now, Stroud is even money to win the Heisman Trophy. And I think what what did you say earlier in the week that Hooker was like ten to one? So right now it's really not close. And Nate says there hasn't been an Iowa offense this bad in over a hundred years. I don't care how good the defense is, Iowa cannot hang with Ohio State's offense once it hits 14 points. And I don't disagree. (laughs) And that might be in the first quarter they hit 14 points. Yeah, you need to hope for some mercy. What has to happen, Chris? Give me your your blueprint for an Iowa victory. (laughs) That's hard to draw up. Um, Okay. (sighs) It's got to be that Phil Parker has disguised some crazy game plan that's going to screw up C.J. Stroud. You get a couple of defensive touchdowns, a safety or two. <laughs> Honestly, like I did, maybe they'll get, I'll give them, they got to get, okay, in that world, they would get, Brian Ferentz, Brian Ferentz takes the lid off of this thing. But again, like I just, here's the thing, Ohio State doesn't suck on defense, right? They got Knowles, the defensive coordinator from Oklahoma State, who turned around that program. And really, does it matter even if they did suck on defense? Does it matter? Well, no, and I, you and I disagree to a point about this. I understand and respect what you're saying when, when you say the wide receivers don't matter with Iowa. I, I get it. I've watched them long enough. They're, and they're not even targeting a wide receiver at this point. But the thing is, like Iowa's wide receivers are just so bland that they're not going to be able to get separate. The problem, it, again, like it's it's less – personnel and it's more scheme when the defense knows exactly what you're going to do and you don't have the the dudes up front to push them around anyways like this is different than 2015 you at least had some guys on the edge on that team right you talking about 17 when they beat yeah, yeah 17 State? i'm sorry like i don't know i how do i that's how you do it you're gonna have to get a couple of defensive touchdowns you're gonna have to be able to run the football um, and slow this thing down. Like I don't think it's like, oh, we're going to go and try to score 55 like you did in that game because this offense is not capable of that. Mm-hmm. This offense couldn't do that against Maryland like the one last year did. Like It's so different now. All these coaches are smart. Like I always tell fans this. Are we, we sure tend- all of them are? We tend to forget that the other team has 85 scholarships and coaches that are scouting you all day too, right? We all we always tend to do that as fans, and like you're going up in the Big Ten against the highest paid dudes in the entire country, like 
this this defensive coordinator for Ohio State, like nothing Iowa is going to do and line up and do is going to surprise him. And on top of that, their players aren't good enough to expose it anyway. So like I just like I find it it has to be from the defense. That's the only way that Iowa could potentially win this thing. You maybe, but you don't even have a guy on special teams. Like who could give you a kick return? Like that's what I'm trying to think Nobody. through. You don't have the guys. No. Ohio State's kicker might be more athletic than Iowa's kick returners. So I I think that if Iowa is going to have a chance in this game, I think you're right. I think they're going to need two scores from the defense. And they're going to have to shorten the game as much as possible. So that means yeah, being able to I, run the football. I was thinking the same thing, but I there's just no way. How, how are they going to shorten it? How are they going to run the football? The only way they can shorten the game is if they – dink and dunk their way down the field and convert every third down. But Petrus isn't accurate enough to do that. No. No. I I was coming off the bye week. They had to put something else in, right? They had to do something. Like what? Anything. You, you say that defensive coordinator for Ohio State isn't going to be surprised no matter what he sees. I'll tell you, he will be surprised if if Iowa does their job during the bye week. You had that bye week. You had all this time to come up with something different. That's all Iowa fans want to see at this point. Just, yeah. Something different. Whether that's a different quarterback, whether that's a wide receiver throwing some passes, whether that's running the wildcat, whether it's putting your punter in at tight end. Something different. Show us that you'll try and not just keep hitting your head against the same damn wall all season long. I don't think that there's any way Iowa competes in this game. And I think the only way I come away from this game happy is if Iowa wins. Really? Yeah. No moral victories here? No. No. There's not. Because, like, then you're, you're still. Are you? I'm past moral. This is how, this is year twenty some for Ferens. There's no moral victories. How close are you to being the guy who wants them to lose by forty to invoke change? Hmm. Because I've seen those. I know guys there's a there. There, there's a lot of them out there. The problem is, I don't know that that will, will matter. I don't know that that will phase this regime. I don't know that losing by 40 is any different than losing by five to this staff. Pete Thamel from ESPN was on with Sage Rosenfels and Brent Bloom mm-hmm. earlier this week, and they were talking about Iowa's offense. And Pete, Pete's one of the most respected writers in the country, and he said, he said there has to be change at the of end of season for Iowa. He's like, there's no way, like, you, you can't be this bad on offense and not make change. And I was just thinking like, well, that's interesting. We'll see how that plays out. I, I I'm kind of with him though. I think it's going to get so toxic by the end of the year. Cause yes. I don't see this improving. And I, I think that, I think the fans alone are going to force it. That's just, I don't know how, and I don't know how it looks or what they do. I'd just be surprised if there's not S- something some needs to happen. I mean, it's, whether it's I, it, Kirk is not going to go up there and say, you know what, we're firing Brian. No, 
it's going to be you know, Brian comes up with another opportunity that he's going to leave for, or Brian wants to pursue something else, or Brian is being reassigned within the within the organization. But then what? You know, we we've talked about this too. Like then what? Then who takes over? You're gonna well, you're gonna make Ken O'Keefe the offensive coordinator again? There's not a lot of guys like young, innovative offensive minds that are gonna want to come work for Kirk Ferentz. No, because they're gonna know that it's Kirk is calling the shots, not them. Yeah, that's why I, I I don't honestly I don't even know how big of a problem Brian Ferentz actually is because it might all be Kirk. Well, the good news is I just pulled up my Circus Sports app. Yeah. And the line is down to 29 and a half. So Hawkeyes are getting some respect. Circus giving them some respect at 29? 29 and a half. You can go okay. and check that out. I'm telling you guys, and it's it's fun because we've been talking about Circus Sports Iowa, Circus Sports app. And I've been getting a lot of people tweeting at me being like, man, I wish I would have known about this sooner. I get better lines. That's because they don't like give you like these crazy profit boosts and stuff like that. They spend their money on giving you the best lines possible. So normally like the public, Chris, would bet Ohio State in this spot. Okay. Because the public mm-hmm. loves favorites. They love right. heavy favorites. It's just so like in the eyes of that, like a public better is like, oh, I can get Ohio State at 29 and a half instead of 30 and a half. Right. Mm-hmm. Circus Sports <clears throat> Iowa. Check them out. Big sponsor of what we're doing here at Iowa Everywhere. I would love for them to be able to come back and be like, man, we started working with you guys and we've seen a huge spike in our app downloads. So that would really help us out here at Iowa Everywhere. I was walking the dog last night with the wife and she said, uh, I told her about how we might be going out there mm-hmm. for a couple shows. She fired up. She wants to come. She wants to go. Well, now, will that make you be lame if she's there? I'll be a little bit more lame. Yeah. Okay, then she's no longer invited. <laughs> I got to watch myself a little bit more around her. I have to be respectable to a point. Now, she'll say that I'm not, but I, things things can go a little haywire if she's not around sometimes. Okay, she, the, the invite has been revoked. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I, I have noted down here that the big 10 West is like a train wreck that I can't seem to look away from. I'm really fascinated by this division. It, it, it reminds me a lot of the big 12 in general, in the sense that I just feel like all these teams are so similar to one another that it just invokes really interesting matchups every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love this Purdue at Wisconsin game. I do too. Because I think Wisconsin's favored. And if they win, yeah. that really muddies the waters. Purdue, and I granted they were playing Nebraska, but I, I think Nebraska's got a little bit more juice now since Scott mm-hmm. Frost has gone, obviously. that Aiden O'Connell is playing about as good as any quarterback in the Big Ten not named C.J. Stroud yeah. right now. And Iowa still has to play them. Yeah, like he. The, wh- who do you think wins this game? Because again, Wisconsin's favored. But if you just watch the games, when Purdue is healthy, it's hard for me to imagine that they're a, a true underdog to Wisconsin. I understand it's in Camp Randall. I don't know. Like the more the healthier O'Connell's gotten, like I just I think Purdue's really pretty good. 
They they they've got that one blemish on their resume, the Syracuse game that they never should have lost. Well, they never should have lost the Penn State game either. Th- no. Those were two games where they had major defensive, just inexcusable defensive breakdowns at the end of halves and at the end of games. And that's why I, I I wanted to pick Purdue to win the Big Ten West, and then they did that against Penn State, and then they did that against Syracuse, and all of a sudden they're they're one and two overall. They're 0-1 in the Big Ten, and I kind of shied away from him, and now here they are just outscoring teams. They've already beaten Minnesota. They've already beaten Nebraska. They beat Maryland. Um, but I think that Illinois is sitting there 3-1 and one on a bye week. So they're like, yes, go Wisconsin. Because if Wisconsin wins that game, it's Illinois is alone in first place at 3-1. and one. Now they do have to cross over against Michigan at the mm-hmm. Big House. So that's probably a loss. But they get Purdue at home. And right now, it's between those two teams. That's what it looks like. Now, you can say Minnesota's still in it. Well, Maybe Nebraska. I feel like Minnesota, Purdue's kind of inter- or at Penn State's a little bit interesting, too, because Penn State coming off of Michigan last week where they weren't that impressive. And then they have Ohio State next week. This is like your classic trap game for the Nittany Lions. Is it a Although, trap game, though, after you get your ass kicked the week before? I feel like it's more of a trap game if you, if maybe, you win or if you perform well and then you have a lesser opponent before a big one. No, that's a valid point, yeah. But Minnesota's probably going to be on a backup quarterback. I'm just not sure that it matters uh, that much. I don't think it does. I, I think, yeah, I think Penn State's going to bounce back there and, and beat Minnesota, and then that puts them all the way down at one and three. I told you, you were all ready to just row that boat. Yeah, they were a fraud. I they told didn't you, beat just, you just wait. You just wait. And now they've got back-to-back losses to Purdue and Illinois. I don't know. I, I, if, I, if I had to ride with somebody, it would be Purdue because they're the one team outside of Nebraska that is going to outscore you. Purdue is, Purdue is that team that's, that's just going to outscore you and in this division, you just don't see that. You see teams like Illinois and Iowa and Minnesota and Wisconsin and Northwestern. Purdue has that extra, more like a real team, more like a real team in 2022. And I think that they, I think that, I think they're the best team. We'll see if they end up getting it done. But I think right now it's between them and Illinois. Big 12 is sexy this weekend texas at oklahoma state's a great matchup and then kansas state at tcu which is you know i I feel like if you're a big 12 fan a lot of iowa state fans watching and listening you're probably pulling for tcu to win out that's your shot to get into the playoff do do you Um, really care though do you really care if a big 12 team gets into the playoff does that i think it makes it more does that wet your whistle uh, the only thing would be, is, and like I, I never really understood this with fans, but like you get more money, your team does, you know. So wh- why does that matter? I don't know, but tell the millions of people that brag about TV ratings and television contract. I mean, clearly people care, you know. I I would like to see TCU get into the playoff because I'm a huge Max Duggan fan. I've known his dad for a long time. Can you be- can you imagine that? It'd be TCU amazing. gets into the playoff led by an Iowa native quarterback 
So I'm rooting for them. I'm openly rooting for TCU. I, I think I think Duggan's it's a not great story. There, there's no, no way. No, they're it's, not winning out. No. All these teams are too similar. That's the problem. Like, yeah, I, they still have to play Texas. They still have to play Oklahoma. Or no, Oklahoma. They still have to play. I mean, even like an Iowa State who's 0-4 isn't that far away from being no. like a TCU. And that's the problem. It's like every week is a meat grinder because they're just – there's never that week where you can kind of just take your foot off the gas. I don't I, – I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if they had two losses. I think they're clearly the best team right now in the Big 12. But Kansas State is just one of those weird-ass teams where – I mean, they're a little bit like when Iowa was good where they can just grind out these games and just limit the possessions and just – you know, we saw them do it in Trice a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I – I just, like, the eye test, having watched a ton of Big 12 football, I think TCU's a lot better than them, though. So what what would scare me if I'm a TCU fan is coming off of that overtime win where you just had to gut it all out last week against Oklahoma State. And then perhaps the most physical team in the entire Big 12, Kansas State's coming in. You know that, the, you know, Adrian Martinez, the quarterback run, they're going to limit the possessions a lot. That would scare me a little bit if I'm TCU, mm-hmm. but I think they're clearly the better team, but this is like Kansas state during the bill Snyder era. It's, it's a, they're mimicking what they used to do. And they're a very frustrating opponent. We'll find out a lot more. They have like their three toughest games the next three weeks. So they could be like a total fraud here. By Who are you talking about? Kansas state. Yeah. yeah. Maddie, if you can't pull up Kansas state's schedule, I think they have like, I've got TCU. it right here. Yeah, they've got wow. Yeah, they so it's at TCU this week. Then they host Oklahoma State. Then they host Texas. Yeah. Then they're at Baylor. So, like, we'll find out a lot more about them. This is still a team that lost to Tulane a couple weeks ago. Although Tulane is Tulane, good. yeah, Tulane's good. They've only lost one game this season. I yeah. mean, that, that Tulane is a team right now. That New Year's six for the Group of Five is is up in the air. I think right yeah. now Cincinnati is leading that race because they're the highest-ranked AP team, but it comes down to the highest-ranked uh, playoff team in the playoff rankings. So that's a totally different ranking. Tulane is 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 right there in it. They're, they're one loss. I don't know how they lost to Southern Miss. I have no idea. They, they were they high as a kite three. after that Kansas State game. <laughs> but they've got Memphis this week, and they finished the season with SM, UCF, SMU, Cincinnati. If they went out, they'll be the the New Year's Six team. Now, I'd, Green I'd, wave, baby. I don't Best see that uniforms in college football. Oh, it's, it's gorgeous. Gorgeous. They're, uh, and then Troy Dan and Iowa natives, their athletic director. That's right. You ever work, You probably worked with Troy back in the day, right? Uh, I've crossed paths with them, but we, yeah. to be honest, we didn't cover Northern Iowa a ton. I mean, they, He was at the they, girls' union, too. I didn't know if you came across He was? No. Way back in the day, yeah. That was probably before you were... Uh, anyways, that was when I was over with the riffraff and the Quad Cities. Yeah. Um, okay, so Texas Oklahoma State is a good one too. I I kind of feel like Texas is a little bit soft. Wait, wait, wait! Last week at this time, you were saying you thought they were a top no, five I, team in the country. I do. Um, I still do, but I think that I'm a little bit concerned about their. They're just tenacity a little bit. I mean, Ewers and like that whole deal is really good. I mean, Worthy, the receiver, like they 
Well, after well, Iowa State kind of pushed him around, though, is my point. So we'll we'll just we'll Iowa just, State outplayed him, and yeah. and Ewers made some just horrific mistakes. That one, he's lucky that didn't end up in an Iowa State scoop and score when he threw it backwards into the ground. Uh. <laughs> That's one of the that that you know what that was? It was a Brock Purdy. <laughs> we mistake. all said that at our game watch when he did, did that. You? <laughs> we all said the same thing. That's hilarious. But the, the, they they also have. Really tough. I mean, the rest of their schedule, Texas's schedule, from at Oklahoma State this week, then they're, then it's their bye, then they're at Kansas State, then it's TCU, at Kansas, and then Baylor. Yeah, it's just these Big 12 teams are so similar. I just I have a hard time believing anybody's going to have any sort of a playoff type of resume. Because the problem is, like, let's say, let's say Kansas nah, – the problem is, like, it's a really tough schedule for, like, a TCU. Let's say TCU's one loss, mm-hmm. okay? Like, it's a meat grinder of a schedule, but the problem is you don't get a ton of credit for beating Kansas State, yeah. right? You don't have the opportunity to beat Michigan. And, and and a win over Oklahoma does next to nothing for you. Yeah. So, like, you about have to go undefeated is my point. Maybe you go 12-1. and one, yeah, I, I think a twelve and one team always has a chance in a Power Five conference. Yeah, one loss doesn't eliminate you. You might say it at this time of year that it does, but let's be honest. I mean, if USC wins out, they're probably going to be in the playoff despite losing at Utah last week. No doubt. One one possession loss, overtime loss. Were that was that overtime? I don't even know. No, I, I don't yeah. think so. It was just regardless. Blue. One possession loss in an atmosphere like that, you should get the benefit of doubt. TCU tried to schedule, went to Colorado, a Pac-12 team who just happened to be horrific, and they also played at SMU, which I would hope they would get a little respect as that's a pretty tough game. I I thought um, we'll get to our top three games here in a minute. A couple other stories I wanted to cover. I thought this was fascinating, and maybe like I I understand I'm probably more interested in like the business of sports than than many of our listeners. This story blew me away. Indiana backup quarterback Jack Tuttle is a senior. He's going to have another year of eligibility. He announced this week that he is going to transfer after the season, but he's finishing the year with Indiana. And to his credit, head coach Tom Allen is 100% on board with this. Um, I, <laughs> is this a first? Where I've never seen- heard of it. This is kind of cool, though. I thought this was the neat story where the coach is the like, The only thing hey, I'd ask is like, okay, why even announce it? Yeah, that's what is a first about it. I'm sure that other guys have decided they're going to transfer before. Uh-huh. But we've never seen it like public like this. It's really interesting. He's Unless a backup. It just, it, maybe it got out, and so they just they, they wanted to address it. But I'm just surprised that they would that they would want to even announce that at this point. That he's... Because you can yeah, easily just—he's number two, so he's one hit away from being in the game. And, and, being and what if you change your mind? Like, what? What if something happens to the starter and you get in and you start playing well, and then you could be in line for a starting job next year? And you've already announced you're going to the portal. I mean, you can always take it back. You can always say I'm, I'm staying, but that cat's kind of out of the bag. It, I'm just it, fascinated. I, I, I think it's cool, though. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think I, I would love to see more of this. Why not? I mean. You can't transfer to a team mid-season and start playing for that team that season. 
So why not keep your name in the hat and potentially be able to play? And you're still practicing and all that. The uh, other transfer news, I'm throwing this on you. I didn't have it in the rundown. I apologize. Uh, Tyrese Hunter, the former Cyclone basketball player, said at Big 12 Media Day yesterday that name, image, and likeness had 0% to do with him transferring to Texas. Huh. You um, believe that? <laughs> no, uh, I don't. But I was just thinking last night because Hunter is getting a lot of flack. Um, Iowa State fans, not all of them. Uh, there's the vocal minority, or I'm sure giving him the business a little bit. He, he he's put out like a handful of tweets over the last few months, like where I don't even know if he's trying to be a villain. I don't. I have no idea. I I really respect Tyrese and the upbringing that he had, and frankly, didn't have with his parents dying at a young age, like a tragic life that I couldn't even like imagine. Um, and like the the farce to me here is like I I think most fans, Chris, in this day and age, would be okay if you're just like, yeah, I, I um I have myself to look out for, and the compensation's better elsewhere. Sure. Um, Why deny it? it? I mean, it's... Yeah, but he is denying it. And so, like, last night he put out a tweet about how badly he wants to speak, but he can't. He put out a tweet last week after Texas beat Iowa State in football. Like, And, again, like, he could just be cheering on his school, but Iowa State fans are taking it as, oh, this kid's trying to rub our nose in it. This could be an Adam Aluska-type return to Hilton Coliseum. In January. <laughs> I was thinking about this last night. Like he, because it's Texas, because of how it went down, the love that Iowa State fans showed yes. him last year, this this might be villain number one for Iowa State fans. Especially with the age of social media. Adam and, and there's nothing wrong with that. No. There's nothing wrong with that. Well, he knew it when he transferred yeah. in conference. You know, It's all part of it. It's not... Th- this, is, this is what fans do. And if he wants to embrace the role as a villain, great. That's awesome. Yeah. Nothing against that, but I, I, I don't buy for one second that that didn't have something to do with name, image, and likeness, especially considering all of the the reports that were out there saying that that was, that was it. Like all the success he had at Iowa State, go to the Sweet 16. What did Texas do last year? I mean, Beard's a great they, coach. They were I, have, okay. I have no doubt that Beard is going to have that team in contention for a Final Four. But he deleted that tweet, apparently, according to, to Van Wink. Oh, he did? <laughs> he deleted the tweet that he posted last night. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, yeah, it said something like, oh, man, I would give anything to be able to talk right now. This is a cold world we're living in. And then, of course, you had all these Iowa State fans who were like, uh, at least the money will make it feel better. And like, you know, like just. But I was just thinking about lying in bed. I'm like, man, like Hunter is pushing like Adam Aleska type territory for Iowa State fans, which I never thought could be replicated if you think back to that that era. But now with social media and you can just needle people and he seems mm-hmm. to enjoy that. Like, it'll. I think July seventh or January seventeenth. Mark your calendar for that one in Hilton. 
And I'm sure there are some Easter eggs in his DMs. Oh, giving yeah. him some stuff from. Oh yeah, too. he's hearing it. There's no doubt, no doubt in my mind. Real quick, a quick hit on the NCAA tournament. Um, so there's big athletic director type meeting or whatever, a board of directors NCAA yesterday, uh, which was mainly about the college football playoff expansion. But then a lot of these media days are happening for college basketball right now. And the Missouri coach is is he the one? Yes. Who came out and said he wants to double the field? Dennis the Gates. NCAA? Double the NCAA tournament field? That seems extreme. That's almost 140 teams. That's 136, if my math is correct. Get out of here. Who? Jeff Goodman tweeted, uh, quote tweeted that yesterday, and he said, no one wants to see this other than the coaches. Yeah, because then they can say they get their bonuses. Yes, it's it's more job security. And and Van Wink put the quote up from Dennis Gates, the new Missouri coach. I would like to see it double, to be honest with you. There are some great coaches left out of the tournament and some great players we don't get to see. Sure. But that's that's why you have the regular season. Let's not devalue it even more. Because it will. Yeah, if, and it, struggle, it, it struggles that means, to rate anyways. It, that, that's not going to mean that we're going to get three or four teams from the Missouri Valley in the tournament. That's going to mean that that we're going to get twelve of the sixteen Big Ten teams. Every Big Twelve team would be in the tournament. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, right now we're almost getting all the Big Twelve teams. Because and it's not like the old days when they would play Drake in Northern Iowa and those teams actually had a chance. Now they just pump their RPI against one another. Ugh, drives me crazy. And the other thing that would. I think would really take away from it is if they do expand to what are they talking about right now? 96. You're probably going to add in some kind of buys, some kind of um, reward for the teams that, that are at the top, but that just goes against what the tournament is. The tournament is day one, one seed North Carolina takes on Arkansas Pine Bluff. And let's see. And sometimes Arkansas Pine Bluff is going to give them a game. That's what the tournament is. I mean, you could, with an expansion, you could almost make it like a play-in tournament before the big tournament. You know, like they do the first four or whatever. You could, yeah. you could hypothetically, you know, have a separate tournament, you know, a week-long tournament before that. I've been pulled, my idea for years was to be to call that Dayton thing. The last chance dance and the 16 seeds should not be playing in Dayton. They should automatically be in the real tournament. I agree. It should be the teams that are below 500 in their major conference. Yeah. And we call it the last chance dance and they are scrapping to get and and we don't refer to that as the NCAA tournament. It's mm-hmm. a separate tournament. It is the play in tournament. Remember when it, uh, when when somebody said that to Fran McCaffrey? Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> he lost it. <laughs> Because it really, that's not the tournament. No, and that's what sucks. Like those 16 seeds, like they deserve to play on Thursday or Friday. And you know what else? It it, it screws with all the stats because you'll look and it'll say, well, Southern has won three NCAA tournament (laughs) games the last 10 years. No, (laughs) no. It's because they're always a 16 seed. They beat another 16. Like that, it's not the same thing. Yeah, the Dayton thing could be really good. Like I, I really believe... It could be really cool. It, it, it would be. So I, I much, like those those eleven versus eleven games. Yeah, those twelve versus. We need 12. to have like eight of those. 
and let them all like scramble to get into the tournament and they actually have to do I something. would be fine with that problem is that's not what's going to happen. No, no. I've been saying that for years. Like give Southern should not be playing in Dayton. And plus it it cheapens Dayton too because nobody cares about watching two 16 seeds play each other on a Monday or Tuesday night. We don't care about that, but we we would I would like to see a couple of Power 5 teams duking it out. Let the little guys who won their conference tournament give them their spot in the spotlight. And that's why we love the NCAA tournament is because of those potential upsets. Not to see I don't know. I don't need North Carolina A&T and Southern on a Tuesday night. I'm never going to mm-hmm. watch that ever. No. The, the only reason is if you, you know, if, if you're betting on the game. Yeah. Or if you're a fan of one of those programs. Remember when Drake was in it? Yeah. But Drake wasn't a 16 seed. No, that was kind of a slap in the game. face. They had to play another game to get in. You see? Did you see what Curtis put in the uh, in the comments? No, I I can't believe that you let me off the hook last show on this. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I had forgotten about it. Um, we we so actually Curtis, had somebody Curtis on the Cycle Fanatic <clears throat> forum wanting this story too. Curtis on YouTube says, just tuning in, so maybe this has already been addressed, but wanted to make sure Hassel tells his Michigan State arrest story. Don't let him off the hook. I, I can't believe you let me off the hook last week. Just I said, I'm going to address this, and then you just like, boom, moved right on. Well, tell the story. Why did you get arrested in East Lansing? Well, I didn't. Uh, I, I didn't get arrested in East Lansing. But here's the story. So Iowa's playing Michigan State in football 2009. Iowa's a top 10 team in the country. They're undefeated. It's a night game. Marvin McNutt makes that catch in the end zone to win it on the last play of the game. And so it's it's bedlam on the field. You know, there's a big dog pile, all the Iowa fans. And I'm there with Channel 13, WHO-TV, with the camera. And I'm, you know, getting all the video. I'm interviewing players on the field. And I've got my camera. It's just me. And we had another cameraman as well, but um, he was, he had his own camera and he was doing his other thing. So I had the camera here, I had the microphone in the other hand, <clears throat> and Van Wink's playing that last play here on the, on YouTube and Facebook and Twitter. But so I'm, I'm like backpedaling and interviewing Adrian Claiborne coming off the field. And I'm backpedaling, we're kind of backpedaling toward the tunnel and he's, He's yelling, he's laughing, he's like, yeah, we're going to be number one in the country. And all of a sudden, this this guy who works for Michigan State, it just decked out Michigan State gear. He comes up and just shoves me out of the way. He's like, God damn it, no fucking interviews on the field, motherfucker. I was like, what? Jesus Christ, what is your problem? And this guy, there was already a history. This guy, before the game, we were trying to get shots. All the media was trying to get shots of Iowa coming out of the tunnel. And this guy was like yelling at the other Iowa. Get out of here. Get back. You can't get the hell out of here. You can't be around here. So this guy, I had already seen this earlier in the day. And so... And so I said, "What the hell is your problem, man?" <laughs> He's and he, and he and he goes, "No fucking interviews on the field. I told you that." And I had my lanyard around my neck, my credential. It was a yeah. lanyard. It was like a rope uh, thing around my <laughs> neck. 
and he grabs it and rips it off. <laughs> and so I've got the camera in one hand, <sighs> microphone in the other hand. My hands are full. So I went up to him <laughs> and I headbutted him right in the face. <laughs> I was wearing a stocking cap. I was wearing a St. Ambrose <laughs> stocking cap because it was cold. <laughs> I headbutted him, hit him like right right here under the eye. And I knew immediately I had made a big mistake. <laughs> I never knew that you headbutt the guy. Because he fell down. <laughs> How like, old was he? He was probably 30. Oh, okay. I was thinking this guy was like an old curmudgeon SID <laughs> no, 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 type. No, no, no. no this is, were... he, looked like a, he looked like a wrestler. Okay. He was really, he was put together. He was shorter than me, but he was put together. And um, so I just, I, I turn around and I start to walk down the tunnel to just go about my business. And he's, he's yelling, <laughs> get that guy, get him. And next thing I knew, <laughs> a police officer has me shoves my face up against the tunnel wall and i was like let me put down my camera let me put down because i had my camera and everything and i didn't want to break anything so i put down my camera and he puts me he like zip zip ties my hands behind my back and all i see everybody walking through looking at me all the iowa media dave zavolinski (laughs) they're all looking at me like oh my god zavolinski even texts Eric Murphy back at the studio and he's like we're going to have the exclusive tonight because Hassel is handcuffed and they're not going to get anything back. That's what Dave's thinking. He's not thinking yes. my friend is being no. assaulted no. by this police officer. No, he said we are going to have the exclusive. So then what happens is dog eat dog world man local media. And then this is and how it, how it all ended up is just perfect too. I'm I'm there and I and I knew that this is a terrible mistake. I should have never done that. So I, I calmed down immediately. I'm handcuffed for the next ten minutes. Everybody's walking by. And then finally the cop the cop and then there's like three cops around now, they're all together and this guy was still there and the cop's like, All right, what are we gonna do here? And the guy from Michigan State, a huge shiner. I mean oh he was God, already he swelling. Really? Up. He goes just let him go do his job. And I was like, oh, thank you so much. Yeah, because so if that guy would have like said, I want to press charges. So, but, so what happened was he said that, but the cop was like, all right, we're going to let you go, but you got to call the police department tomorrow and see what's up. And so... I got to go. I did my live. I got. I got on. I was. I did my live shot like five minutes after that. I did my live shot, and then I went in and interviewed Kirk Ferentz and all the players. I got everything back. Dave Zavolinsky, who's gloating, is up in the press box, and they have ABC. He's with the ABC. He's with the ABC affiliate in in Des Moines at the time. They had ABC on TV in the press box in East Lansing, and he sees that it's like a USC game. And there's still a full quarter to go when the oh 10 o'clock God. news hits. So he's like, he's like, oh, I've got all kinds of time. I don't, you know, and he gets a text from Eric Murphy. Where the hell is all the stuff? Eric Murphy was, was back there anchoring. And he goes, well, we, the, the game is still going. We still got, still got an hour or so. And he goes, no, we, Des Moines dropped out of that game. We hit the local news right at 10. 
Oh, and no. it's it's ten fifteen. Where are you? He didn't get anything back. Nothing. Not a damn thing. That's and I got karma, everything man. back. So then I we we go back and I I call up the police department and they said, well, no charges filed, but there's a ten year statute of limitations. So he could still file within the next ten years. That was two thousand nine. Oh, so you're clear now. So I I threw a party in twenty nineteen. Yes. I- I mean, I always knew that you were like handcuffed and that there was an altercation. I never knew that you physically assaulted the Michigan State employee on the field. For some reason, I felt like headbutting wasn't that like because I wasn't using my hands. I, so it I could was okay. see like if you like nudged him with your head, but if you actually headbutted and gave, gave him a shiner, that's kind of a different deal. I did. Actually, mad props to you. I got a lot of respect for you now. Because I. I the the school employee SID type that gets like Riley like that like he and he was I've, we've all been there with those guys before. I will say I I I I'm really sorry that I did that to him, um, and I'm really thankful that he he allowed me to go. That was nice could, of him. He, he could have made that. I would have been fired. Period. I think. I don't know. WHO stood up for me a lot. A lot. But, I mean, they stood up for me when Gary Barta tried to get me fired for the little lick, lot of bite. Barta demanded an apology. There was a sponsor that demanded that they fire me because I I said that Sean Johnson was looked like the Tin Man. She was all rusty out there one time. It was like one of her sponsors, and she was coming back. Remember, she took that hiatus... And then she tried to come back, and she was falling all over the place. And I just said she needed some oil. She looked like the Tin Man, rusty, and boy, they were not having it. But they always—I'll give—I'll give, I'll give uh, WHO credit. Rod Peter, no, it wasn't. Rod Peterson and Dale Woods was the GM. They always stood up for me. Matt, we can't hear you. This is what I picture when I when I hear that story. What's oh oh Zinedine Zidane? <laughs> oh, see, I didn't hit him that hard. I don't think. Like Zidane, though, he hit him in the chest. I I hit him in the eye. I, I don't think I launched into him though. I don't think I launched like like Zidane. That was almost targeting. Um, I don't Darius, know. And, and it was. And I had my I had my stocking cap on, so it was like a yeah, cushion below. Yeah. Darius is on YouTube. He wants to know if he's got a, if he needs to worry if he's going to be at the Alamo Dome coming up this weekend. <laughs> no, see, I I tell people all the time. I've never been in an actual fight in my whole life. You never. just headbutted the Michigan State dude on the field. Yeah. That's amazing. Yes, that's the that's as close as I've ever been. I've never been in a fight. I think almost every guy has been in a fight before. You have you been in a fight, haven't you? I've been in altercations. Yes. Well, yes. I mean. I've been in altercations. I, I've, I've never been, been in like, been in shoving, like a but. one-on-one where everybody's around in a circle watching you fight somebody, but I've been in a couple of bar scraps. Scr- really? Williams is a dirt track yeah, WWE I've, fan. Of course he's I've been in a fight. been in a couple in the pits at a dirt track. That's the worst oh fights I've been God, in. Oh, my God. What? Well, that when, sounds like you know, the dirtiest fight in the world. Somebody grabs well, a wrench. They get pissed off like out. when you claim your engines and stuff like that, or when your guy wrecks their guy. Like, yeah, it's... It it can get pretty rowdy. What were you doing down in the pits? Are you I used were to you be on, on a pit cruise? What? Yeah, you were changing tires. 
back in the day, I did a lot of different things in racing because that's all I wanted to do is be a racing, be to work in racing. And here I am. How jealous you. are you that I got to be on Joey Logano's pit crew for Very. a Charlotte race? Yeah, you've done a lot of cool things. Are you jealous? Uh, here's how I look at the racing thing. It worked out because it's still like my hobby. Where I was doing a lot of stuff at Iowa State. How is that your hobby? What so like you well, you change your own tire when it goes flat? Point being, it's not work for me. Like I mm-hmm. wouldn't love it as much if I had to do it. Does that make sense? Do what? Like what do you do? If I was like broadcasting races, like I wanted to. Are you broadcast? Like well, you say it's your hobby. What are you doing? Just so I can be a fan. It's, it's your fun. hobby is just w- watching races. Yeah, and I built this website. Always. What is that? Day. Well, always like race day. How many different things do you have? Got a you lot always, going on. I every day I learn of some some new venture that you have. <laughs> you got your you got a racing website? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I do. It's it's going really well too. Connor Ferguson doing a great job. We're and growing. how's your how's your uh, how's your your ghost hunters website? Have you? I don't have one yet? of those yet, but they could use some help with web development. I've looked around. We the all the ghost hunter websites are like the old like GeoCities websites. You know what I mean? Like What's the, a GeoCity? It's like the first web. It was like WordPress, like in nineteen ninety five. Oh, okay, yeah. DOS. It's got like the yeah. Um, let's get to our top three real quick. Oh, uh, my top three games. We the still weekend. haven't done that yet. Kansas State, TCU, self-explanatory, first place in the Big 12, on the line. I'm going to go to the SEC for number two, Ole Miss at LSU. Yeah, that's that's our uh, CBS game this week. I mean, LSU's favored. They are, and Kiffin is undefeated and ranked in the top 10. And Kiffin's just interesting in general. And like, if they win this game, like you got to start talking about Ole Miss as far as the playoff goes. So sure, really good one there, and then I'm I put Purdue at Wisconsin on there just because I I told you at the beginning of the show, mm-hmm. Chris, I'm just really interested in the Big Ten West because all these teams seem to be even. I know that uh, there's a couple other national games that probably appeal to more people, but that Purdue, I think Purdue is a better team than Wisconsin. I think Ole Miss is better than LSU, but the home mm-hmm. team is favored in both, and that always creates really good stuff. So absolutely locked in on those. We don't have any crossover this week. My uh, one of my games is Troy, South Alabama. Mm. This is tonight, okay? The Fun Belt. It's a battle for first place in the Sun Belt West. South Alabama only has one loss, and it's by one to UCLA at UCLA. They should have won that game. They should be undefeated. They should be ranked. Troy hasn't lost since that crazy hail mary at App State. They're a really good team. Mm-hmm. That's going to be. A really good matchup tonight. And Sweet. South Alabama has a great facility. That place, it should be packed tonight. It should be a lot of fun. This, uh, this my, will no doubt be better than whatever garbage Amazon is throwing on for the NFL game. I don't even oh, know. my God. What is it? Saints and <laughs> oh, those Thursday Cardinals? night games are so bad. Saints-Cardinals? Yeah, um, yeah, that's what it is. Th- this might be the worst primetime week of all time in the NFL. Not a single winning team is playing in prime time this week all 500 or below uh my next game is a&m at south carolina the game cocks are all fired up they're on a winning streak and jimbo can't afford to lose this they'd fall under 500 and one more out 
uh, where game day is going to be UCLA and Oregon. Chip Kelly returning to Eugene with an undefeated team. If UCLA wins this, they are a legit playoff contender, but I don't think that's going to happen. Oregon is almost a full touchdown favorite in that game. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. UCLA, they didn't they almost lose to South Alabama? Wasn't that the team? We just, I just said yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sorry, I'm just processing. Wait, 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 wait. hang on a second. So we ju- I just said South Alabama and Troy – is one of my games of the week. Yeah. They they lost That's to UCLA by one. That's why I referenced it, because you just said that. Yeah. I don't think you were listening to me I was listening. I was talking about my game. That's why I What <laughs> Was a ghost distracting you? Did a toy Maybe, car fall off the wall? But I'm telling you, if you keep talking about them like this, they're going to start showing up. <laughs> uh, and you're going to San Antonio. Your game's great. Yeah, I was I looking bu- into that this week, and you got a good one. Yeah, the total's about 70 points. I took the over, by the way. UTSA and North Texas. UTSA, and, and both those, those are the only two remaining unbeatens in Conference USA. Oh, my God, is that a sweat stain? Oh, man. I, I hope Jeez. nobody's watching us on YouTube. Yikes. You started, uh, Yikes. You started talking about that Michigan State game and got all <laughs> nervous. You're nervous that guy was watching and going to roll back and press charges. Oh, my God. Oh. Yeah. I I know you can't give gambling advice on the games that you're calling, but I've mm-hmm. already bet this game because 10 points for North Texas seems like a lot. I think it's going to be a good game. I'm I'm excited for that one. That'll be a fun one. I, I have no idea, honestly. I mean, last week, Charlotte was a 24-point dog, and they were leading in the fourth quarter of my game. Yeah. Conference USA is so wacky. It's it's so it's it's fun. It's 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 fun to do these games week in and week out. These teams are just going to go up and down the field. It's going to be a great atmosphere in the Alamo Dome. They've got amazing fan support, and they're all fired up because both those team both these teams are going to the American next year, and uh, they're kind of rivals now in the state of Texas. So it, yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Three thirty Eastern time on Stadium. I love these these weeks. They're or these um those leagues the conference usas the sun belts like it's just so much mm-hmm. fun this is why we cannot let consolidation happen in the sport where we don't no. where those don't matter because it it makes college football mm-hmm. in my mind it makes everything else better watching the coastal carolinas of the world like byu liberty is a great game yeah this week can't wait for that one we gotta keep those in the sport. All right, get out of here. Uh, get to CBS. Uh, appreciate Matt Van Winkle. Good job today, as always. And uh, we will be back on Monday morning. Look at the work I put in on this show. Look at this. My God, that's disgusting. Do you use deodorant or antiperspirant? Uh, definitely deodorant. Oh, you gotta maybe use antiperspirant. I, maybe I should start with the antiperspirant. You gotta use the antiperspirant, man. Or an undershirt. You don't wear undershirts? Not with this one. Gotcha. Appreciate it. He's Chris Hassel. I'm Chris Williams. Thanks to Fairway Meat and Grocery. We'll be back on Monday. Iowa everywhere.